Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let the words in my mouth today. Father, we thank you that we'll be in the same mind. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you today. Hallelujah. I want you to go to the book of Philippians chapter 2. I want to settle and remain sober and steady between verses 1 and 5. I want you to hear this. The attitude of the mind reflects what it believes to be true. Whether right or wrong, having the mind of Christ is a non-conforming truth that is preceded in one's ability to never exalt itself above those they are called to serve. I, I want to say that again. The attitude of the mind reflects what it believes to be true. Whether right or wrong, having the mind of Christ is a non-conforming truth that is preceded in one's ability to never exalt itself above those they are serving. What a powerful statement concerning the mind. I was in a conversation yesterday with Bishop Lester Love, and I was reminded as I, I was preparing this lesson here, sitting in a class where he was teaching on the mind, and he began to say that the mind was created to believe everything to be true. <laughs> everything that goes into your mind believes that it's true. <laughs> the, the, the mind was created to believe truth. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So what you hear, what you see, goes into your mind, and every time you hear it, your mind begins to believe it. As I was talking with Bishop Lester Love, and we were talking through this quote because I wanted to make sure that I had it correct, he said that when he was growing up, he worked at Popeye's and he fried the chicken and he, he enjoyed doing that. But one of the things that he disliked is that um, he didn't like the music that they played. And so he wanted another job. But over the time that he worked there, he began to realize that what he disliked, what he was hearing, he disliked the music because he heard it over and over and over and over, his mind began to believe that that's what he liked to hear. <laughs> and so because his mind believed that is what he liked to hear, his spirit began to sing what he disliked. Out of nowhere, he starts singing what he dislikes. Uh, 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 I really want to let you know and really want to inform you that, that you can dislike something, but if you're constantly hearing it, your mind will begin to believe it. And the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, your mouth speaks. 
Hmm, come on now. Hallelujah. And so as we begin to complete this, this monthly installment of, of Renovate, I believe that we're headed towards a major breakthrough of expansion in our Christ-like relationship over this next month. We're going into our, 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 our winning in worship season for March, but I really believe that January and February has set the pace for expansion to explode in and through our lives. But I really want us to focus on today that moving forward into our teaching on today, I, I want us to reflect on the thought of having a mind that thinks and practices like Christ. A mind that thinks and practices like Christ. Come on, let's pray. Lord, let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in thine sight, O oh Lord. It is our strength and our Redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. Father, grant us the grace that is needed to impart your word. Grant us the grace, Father. I ask that your word washes every person that hears and receives what is being taught. Father, we declare and we ask that we decrease so that you may increase in and through us. Let the living waters of faith set free, deliver, save, and convict our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. In Philippians chapter 2, Paul exhorts the believer to have the attitude, having the mind of Christ, that is exemplified in his ministry while he was on earth. Verses 1 and 5 and 6 and 8 embody the message that Paul is teaching to encourage the believer to be like Christ. I simply want to talk about today what it means to be like Christ. We all heard that commercial, Be Like Mike. Everybody wanted to be like Michael Jordan. Everybody wanted to wear the wristband. And everybody wanted to have a pair of Jordans. Everybody wanted to, to dunk with the tongue out. Everybody wanted to be like Mike. It was, a, it was a campaign to be like Mike. Number one, we can see here, to be like Christ, Paul sets our, our foundation here in verse number one. He says, if there is any encouragement in Christ, if there is any consolation of love, if there is any fellowship of spirit, he said, if there is any affection and compassion, and then he goes to kind of answer it or give you the, the, the push to move forward in verse number two, and he answers and he's saying, and he says, by making my joy complete, having the same mind, by maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. To be like Christ, Paul says that we have to have the same mind. When I looked up that word and I began to study that word mind, uh, it talked about um, 
how to keep away from mental sin. Meaning that if we are to be like Christ, then our mental thought and thinking should align with Christ's way of thinking. Matthew 5, 27 says that you have heard, you have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. Verse 28 says, but I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust for her has already committed adultery in his heart. Can we stop there? Paul is saying here that if we're going to have the same mind, the mind of Christ, to, to be like Christ, then what we have to do is we have to understand that we have to be careful that we don't commit mental sins in our mind. That we're not allowing what we see, what we hear to become truth knowing that it is untrue. We talked about Bishop Lester Love. He didn't like the music, but because it kept going into his mind, it was going in through his ear, what you hear, what you see, eventually will become what you believe, although you don't like it. Although you don't believe it to be true, Paul is saying that we must have the same mind of Christ. The mind that causes us to, to not fall into error in our thinking. That mind, the moment in our mind, having the same mind of Christ, it speaks to the holiness of Christ. What should be reflected in our thoughts? You can go back to Romans 12 and 2. And be not conformed to this world and be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Your, your mind, your mind. The renewing of your mind so that you will know the will of God and what is pleasing, acceptable, and perfect. Being of the same mind of Christ reflects the choices that we make. Not only uh, does it reflect what we hear, but being of the same mind is connected to the choices that you and I make. 1 Corinthians 2 says, uh, here in verse 16, uh, for who has known the mind of God that will instruct him? But we have the mind of of Christ. Look at what Philippians 4.8 says. I, I like this here. It says, finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, it says to do what? To dwell on these things. But then I like how it finishes here in verse number 9. It says uh, uh, to dwell on these things, verse number 9, the things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. Look at this. Practice those things. And the God of peace will be with you. Uh, if, God want, if, if, if we're looking for God to renovate the spaces in our mind that have become contaminated with things that are untrue, things that are unlawful, he says that you, you, he says that you should think on whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, then dwell on those things. 
a mind that is dwelling on honor. A mind that is dwelling on the truth and the grace of God. A, a mind that is dwelling on the things of God. We, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. Setting your mind on that which is above. Come on now. Uh, Christ, he's seated at the right hand of the Father. Uh, our posture in our mind uh, should be set on that which is above, but having the same mind of Christ, it means that I've taken time to learn, I've received, I've heard, I've seen in him. So now I begin to practice what I hear, I begin to practice what I see, and I begin to practice what? What I hear in my heart and in my soul, what I've received. So every week after you leave here, you should begin to practice the principles of the word of God that is being taught so that your mind can be what? Can be connected to the likeness of Christ. He wants to renovate those spaces in our hearts. Come on, guys. He, he, he really wants us to, to conform to his way and not the world's way and not our way and, and not to things that we're just hearing. You, you have to be careful in this season. Come on now. It's just like a baby. Come on now, uh, the, the little daughter, she just turned one. And because my girl is in school and, and she's going through some Spanish and she's learning Spanish, uh, she began to teach the little daughter Spanish. And so now the little daughter knows how to respond to certain words in Spanish. Why? Because she's hearing it and she believes that that is the right way to respond. Why? Because she's received it, she's heard it, and she's been practicing it. Come on now. What you practice, come on now, what you receive, what you hear, and what you learn, it develops our mind to be like Christ. Come on, let's keep working, family. To be like Christ, it means that we should be of the same mind that is in Christ. One that is set apart, holy, Discipline in its choices and how it seeks to please God. Come on now. Uh, as we keep working and digging here uh, in this text, uh, we can see that, that, that verse number two says uh, that, that to be like Christ, it requires that you have the same mindset. It requires that, that your mind functions and comprehends at the same level of Christ. Come on now. Our thoughts should be his thoughts. Our ways should be his ways. Come on now. His will should be my will. Come on now. His character should be my character. <laughs> Come on now. The likeness of Christ should be reflected in and through my life because my mind believes that this is the way that I should live. Why? Because Christ is living in me. I want to say this again. To be like Christ. To be like Christ means that we should be of the same mind that is in Christ. One that is set apart, holy, and disciplined in its choices and how it seeks to please God. But then here we can go further. Uh, number two, but, but it also requires that in, in verse number three, Paul says, do nothing from selfish or empty conceit, but with humility of mind. 
regard one another as more important than yourself. I, I want to say that again. Uh, having the same mind of Christ means that we do nothing, in verse number three, we do nothing from what? Selfish or empty conceit, but with humility of mind. Humility of mind that regards one another as more important than ourselves. Paul is saying to us today that to be like Christ, we, we cannot live in a shell that reflects empty conceit of ourselves. Come on now. He, he says that we should be sober in humility of mind. Being sober, steady, and settled that we do not think of ourselves more highly than we ought to. Casting down every high and wicked vain imagination that seeks to do what? Exalt itself against the will, the plan, the character, the likeness of Christ, the mind of Christ. Come on now. We, we have to be careful that we don't allow the ungodly counsel of our mind to take a seat in the presence of of an ascended Christ. Come on now. Uh, we, we have to be very careful that, that, that we don't allow the ungodly reasonable and reasonings of our mind uh, to take a seat in heavenly places. Come on now. We have to be careful that we don't allow the ungodly counsel of our thoughts uh, to exalt itself above the mind of Christ. Having the mind of Christ. I like this. Uh, Romans 2 and 8 says, as it concerns selfish and empty conceit, it says here, but those who are selfishly ambitious and do not obey truth, but obey unrighteousness, wrath, and ignorant day. Uh, 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 Y'all forgive me. Did I just mess that word up? Indignation. <laughs> I just messed the word up, but it's all right. That's, that's what it's called, live church. We've got we to remember that we have to be careful that we don't allow our minds to fall in the counsel that disobeys, that walks in unrighteousness, that finds ways to, to, to reason ourselves out of living through the grace of Christ. Come on now, my, my mind was created to believe what it hears. My mind was created to believe that whatever I put in it is true. Whether it's wrong, whether it's unrighteous, you have to be careful that what you put in the mind of Christ, I want to say that because we're, we're new in him, so that means that when he resurrected us from the dead, when he redeemed us from all of our sin, uh, uh, he, he, he gave us a new mind, a mind that was set in Christ. So I have to be careful that in this time of renovation that I don't allow the ungodly counsel, that I, that I, that I, that I don't begin to put my own furniture of ungodliness in a room where Christ is dwelling. Come on now. 
in a setting where Christ is dwelling that, that I just walk around with, with unlawful thoughts in my mind and I just say, Lord, forgive me and I got this struggle. No, 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 no. You, you have to understand that to be like Christ is to have and to walk with the mind of Christ. Philippians 1.17 says, The former proclaimed Christ out of selfish ambition rather than from pure motives thinking to cause me distress in imprisonment. An ungodly mind proclaims God from its own works. The, 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 the ungodly counsel of a mind that, is, that does not reflect uh, uh, the likeness of Christ, uh, when it talks about Christ, it's going to talk about Christ as if they did it themselves. And Christ owes them a favor. Come on now. You got to be careful that you don't allow your mind to become bigger than Christ himself. We'll hear that. To be like Christ means that, that, that regarding one another more than, 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 than we should is to take on the likeness of Christ. Romans 12.10 uh, reflects this statement by speaking this. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor. It moves further into verse, into verse, number, uh, verse number four here. Uh, uh, point number three. Number three, it says, do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but for also the interests of others. Number one, I have to have the same mind. Number two, uh, I, I have to be careful that, that, I, that I don't allow vain and selfish and empty conceit uh, to overlook or to disregard others. Number three says, do not merely, Paul is saying that to be like Christ, uh, you cannot merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. For many years, many years in our lives, we, we've lost the ability. I believe that in the beginning of life and as we grew up, we, we could see how the generations before us understood what it was to look out for others. We understood what it was to give. It's better to give than to receive. I truly believe that over time we have lost the willingness to be more intentional about looking and serving others. Come on, let's look at what Romans 15 and 1 says. God is renovating. He's renovating the mind, renovating the mind, the, the, the mind that has been made new in Christ. He, he wants to renovate that place. He, he wants to strip everything that, that doesn't sound like him, that doesn't think like him, that, that doesn't believe. He wants to give you a new space where our minds are set on the things of Christ. Come on, Romans 15 and 1 says, Now who, now we are who, now we who are strong ought to bear the weaknesses of those without strength. I want to start that again. Romans 15 and 1 says, Now we are who, who are strong ought to bear the weaknesses of those without strength and not just to plea ourselves. 
Now we who are strong ought to bear the weaknesses of those without strength. Verse number two. Each one of us is to please his neighbor for his good to his edification. Verse number three, for even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. Did you hear that? Serving and having the mind of Christ is thinking of others. We prayed that this morning, that, that that's why you shouldn't miss 9 a.m. prayer because we begin to pray that this morning that the strength of the body of Christ will begin to pray for those who are weak, begin to pray for those and, and begin to, 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 to pray that the spirit of reconciliation and renewal will restore those who have lost their way. Those who are in need, they have no food, they have no strength to fight have no strength to believe. There's no hope. Paul is saying that having the same mind of Christ is that we are to regard others in such a way that because we're strong in the Lord, because we've been built up in the Lord, he says, do it for those who are weak. We can see in points one through three, that Paul lays the foundation of what our lives look like in Christ. When we live by these characteristics that speak to the heart of mankind, being of the same mind, regarding one another as more important than ourselves, placing a high and intentional interest in others. I believe that Paul grants us the ability to move forward into the next verse with the greater understanding of what it is and what is required for us to be like Christ. In verse number five, he says, having this attitude in yourselves, which is also in Christ Jesus. Having the attitude within yourselves means to what? Employ one's faculty for thoughtful planning. Paul says here, our attitude has everything to do with our thought process, which affects our reflection of Christ living and the service to others. Come on now. Uh, he, he says that after you have the same mind, after you obtain the ability to, to rid yourselves of vain and empty conceit, after you learn the importance of honoring and taking interest in the needs of others, he says that you must have an attitude in yourselves which is in Christ Jesus. Think about it. The attitude, our attitude towards others, an attitude towards others that is filled with empty and vain conceit that disregards or neglects the way we treat others, then our reflection of Christ creates what? An imbalance in their mind and in your mind. Can, can, can you really see this here? Uh, I, I love God, but I hate people. <laughs> I pray to God, but I don't pray for my neighbor. <laughs> I'm blessed, but I refuse to be a blessing to others. Come on now. I, I talk about how good God is to me, but I can never share it with anybody else. 
because I only see it for myself. This is what Paul is preaching against, that we don't get into vain and empty conceit that it's only about me. Uh, 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 I'm going through so I can't pray for anybody else. I have everything that I need, but I don't want to share it with anybody else. Come on now. I see my brother or my sister in need, and I laugh at them, and I talk about them. I, I hear their pain. I hear their story. I, I call and I pray with them, but I never offer them a resource that can release them from what they're going through. Paul says that having the right attitude, uh, uh, the right attitude that causes you to be of the same mind of Christ. He gave himself for others. Come on now. Uh, uh, he gave himself so that you and I would have life through him more abundantly. He gave of himself. I like this here. Matthew eleven twenty nine 29 says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. Verse number 30 says here, For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I like what Jesus says here, baby. Uh, uh, in verse 29, uh, that we should learn from him. In our learning of him, we will see and live through the gentleness and humility of heart. He says, learn from me. And as you learn from me, your soul will rest. Your mind will be at ease. Come on now. Uh, what are we learning from him that causes us, that causes us to rest in him, to believe in him, to trust him, to depend on him, to have faith in him, to have confidence in him, to, to have assurance in him. The more that I learn, the more that I hear, the more that I receive from him, uh, I learn how to rest in him. Our attitude in Christ is connected to our ability to learn of Christ by taking his yoke. What is his yoke? His instructions. His wisdom. His truth by placing it around our necks. When we think about a yoke, it's something that is placed around your neck. And it's placed around your neck in, in something that is so tight. When, when you see the collar that is around my neck, it represents what? The yoke of his word. <laughs> it, it represents that, that the bishop, the elder, the deacon, is yoked to Christ-like living. This collar is not just for me to wear for fashion or for form, but, but when you see the collar on, uh, it represents the yoke that, that the bishop, the man of God, the woman of God, is yoked to Christ himself. And that beyond this, that, that while it's on, it's tight. And so you, it, it doesn't have a lot of room. 
It doesn't have a lot of wiggle room. Come on now. Uh, your relationship in Christ should be the same way. It should not have so much wiggle room that you're able to wiggle yourself out of the mind of Christ. Come on now. Uh, you got to tighten the yoke around your neck in such a way that when you go to move the wrong way, it tightens. Come on now. Uh, it, it doesn't feel comfortable. Come on now. Uh, it, it takes time to put it on and you got to snap it in the back and snap it in the front and it, it, it takes time. It takes time. But in doing it, you understand that this is the office that I walk in, that, that, that this is the likeness, the, the mind of Christ. Come on now. He, he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me the word of God being yoked in the word of God, the principles of God. Reading your Bible, studying your Bible, getting back to the app throughout the week and hearing the preacher preach. How can they hear without a preacher? How can you grow in the things of God without hearing and learning and receiving his instruction that affects your mind in Christ? Having the same mind of Christ means that you're learning and you're practicing those things that you dwell on. If you're dwelling on foolishness, then that's what you're going to practice. If you're dwelling on unforgiveness, that's what you're going to practice. Come on now. That, that's what the Bible, he says, to dwell on what is honorable, whatever is true, whatever is right, uh, uh, whatever is of good repute, anything that is worthy of praise, dwell on that. Paul says that the attitude of Christ must be connected to our daily lifestyle. As a believer in Christ, having the right attitude determines our length and the width of our relationship in Christ. Come on now. It's going to determine how long your mind will endure, how long the relationship can grow. I want to remind you of our thesis as we end here. Remember how we started this out. The attitude of the mind reflects what it believes to be true. Whether right or wrong, having the mind of Christ is a non-conforming truth that is preceded in one's ability to never exalt itself above those they are called to serve. In verse number six, if you go home and read that, you can see that Jesus never exalted himself above his father's will. He never exalted himself as if he was bigger than his father. He, he never did a miracle without the unctioning of his father. He never taught anything in the temple that was not covered under the authority of his father. He never put himself outside of the greatness and the authority of what he was submitted to. His father, come on now. 
So you and I have to be careful that we don't allow our minds to be exalted above Christ himself as if we are bigger than Christ. As if we know more than Christ. As if we are the ones who wake us up every morning. As if we are the ones who supply our own breath. As if we are the ones who provide for us and give to us in times of hardship and difficulty. We have to be careful that we don't allow the mind of Christ that is in us to be confused or to be contaminated with the ungodly counsel of carnal things. Come on now. Uh, we have to make sure that we keep the ungodly counsel of our mind, the former me uh, that used to be my mind. I used to think that way. But because my mind has become the same mind that Christ has, I think differently. I act differently. I see differently. I hear differently. I receive differently. And because I do all of those, I live better than what I could ever live before. <sighs> Having the mind of Christ, Sister Gwen, allows me to walk in the things of Christ. To know God is to know his will and to have his mind. I know that they taught us that, you know, his thoughts are not my thoughts. And his ways that, that's talking to the unbeliever. That's talking to the wicked. That's not talking to you. If I have the same mind of Christ, then he's saying that my thoughts should be your thoughts. And my ways should be your ways. And because we're one accord and because we're united with the same mind, we should never think anything differently. <sighs> Do you know what Christ is concerned about today? The poor. Those who are homeless, those who have been abandoned by mothers and fathers, the orphans. He's concerned about children who have been abused in whatever way you want to say it. He's concerned about men who have power and they misuse their power for their own selfish gain. God is concerned about the wickedness of a generation that exalts its own counsel against him. God is concerned about a nation that refuses to take a break and just relax to see the devastation that is going on where people are running for their lives, where children are being separated from their parents, where fathers are in streets now fighting for their lives. And here in America today, we're still partying, we're still doing everything as if it will never come to America. He says, wake up America, because one day it could be your house. Come on now. Yes. It says that we're the greatest nation, but let me tell you something. I've seen the greatest nation in the Bible fall to its knees, Acts Israel. I've seen God bring wrath upon the greatest nation. Ask them and they'll tell you. We cannot allow the mind of the world to supersede 
and to proceed the things of God. I want you to just, for the rest of this week, find a resting place so that the mind of Christ can be renewed and reconciled in your life. Look at your children. Look at your sons. God is concerned about a nation that is arguing over who's wrong and who's right. Where men who have been given delegated authority cannot sit at a table to bring hope to a hopeless nation. Father, let this be our prayer tonight. Father, in Jesus' name, we ask that you renovate the places in our lives that disregard others for the betterment of ourselves. We ask that you renovate spaces in our lives that have become calloused and full of empty conceit. Father, we ask that you renovate the spaces in our minds that yield to the mental sin that we have been redeemed and resurrected from. Father, this is our prayer. Come on, say, Father, this is my prayer that we will be in the same mind that reflects Christ in the earth. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. May the blessing of the Lord rest upon your life. Come on, put your hands together if you can and give the Lord a hand praise. Come on. What an amazing four weeks we've had in the presence of God. Just simply talking about renovation, what it's going to take for God to renovate our minds and, and what it's going to take for things to happen in and through our lives. Next month, we're in a season in worship. We're going to be going through this next season of expansion. We're moving now into the season of Lent. On this Wednesday, we move into the season of Lent. Lent is the season of penitence. It is the season where the church goes into a season of repentance, a season of prayer, a season of fasting, a, a season where you begin to let some things go so that we can become more closer. Come on now, so that we can so that we can regain the mind of Christ for 40 days, 40 days before the Passover, before he goes to the cross and he dies. 40 days, the entire world, 40 days. It, it's, it's amazing that the world will be at a stage of war, but the church will be going to a place that puts us on our knees for 40 days. Come on now. God is not worried. He's not losing any sleep. But I believe that he's using and looking for the church, the body of Christ, to use these next 40 days to rid ourselves of ungodly thinking, ungodly lifestyle.
Anything that causes us to disregard others. So I want you to begin to think about what you can cut away and take away. What you can give up. What you can commit to do. And then what you can give into. I want you to begin to do that. Lent is not a season where, you know, we tell you what to do. It's something that you decide that you want to do. I want to give up this. I want to commit to doing this. And then I want to commit to giving into this. Season in my life starts this week. So I want you all to be in prayer for the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. Be in prayer for Russia. Be in prayer for the president. Let, let's redeem ourselves from who's wrong, and let's just begin to pray that the mercy of God will cover the entire nation. The entire nation. Pray for Ukraine. Pray for their president. Pray for the women and children who can't leave. Pray, pray for the men who are in the streets who've never shot a gun before that has taken a weapon in their hands to make sure that their generation doesn't lose what has been promised to them. America has become very comfortable and we take it for granted that we can just get to church Anytime we want to. <laughs> Let's be sensitive in this season. That we pray for our brother and our sister. In Jesus name. We pray for them. We pray for President Putin. We pray for for his leaders, we pray for NATO. We, we pray that right decisions will be made for the people and not for men who sit in haughty positions. We pray that the right decisions will be made to protect children and to protect businesses and to protect the lifestyle and the living. Father, we thank you that your mercy in Jesus' name we pray. This is our prayer. Amen. Amen. We love you all. Have a great day. If you did not have the opportunity to give on today, I want you to give your tithe. Bring your tithe, the tenth, to the storehouse so that there may be meat in my house. Without your tithe, without your offering, without your giving, we're unable to do ministry. So it's very important that you decide to make a commitment. Your tithe is an act of covenant that you make between you and God. Your tithe, your offering is what opens up the windows of blessing. Your seed that you sow into your men of God, it opens up a harvest of generational blessings, a harvest that returns to you unlimited measure.
Be committed. We love you. Have a great day. May the blessing of the Lord and the grace and the peace rest upon you. Peace to the family, peace to the bishop, and peace to us all. God bless. Have a great day. Amen.